0: up to this day. We have nothing to fear for our Father sits upon the throne in the heavens and he does not let a trial, tribulation or anything come upon us that he has not already given us the cure or the deliverance therefore of. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So today we're continuing in Acts of Yeshua's Emissaries, Shelechim, this is chapter uh, 25, and we should be able to complete the message today. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Acts chapter 25, and to fully understand this in its fullness, let us begin in verse 1, but we'll be going deeper, uh, verses 9 through the, to the latter portion. Three days after Festus had entered the providence, he went from Caesarea to Jerusalem. There the head Koanim and the Judean leaders informed him of the case against Shaul, and they asked him to do them a favor of having the man sent to Jerusalem. They had plotted to have him ambushed and killed en route. Festus replied that Shaul was being kept under guard in Caesarea and that he was about to go there shortly himself. So he said, let competent men among you come down with me and press charges against the man if he has done something wrong. After staying with them almost eight to ten days, Festus went down to Caesarea, and on the following day he took his seat in the court and ordered Shaul to be brought in. When he arrived, the Judean leaders who had come down from Jerusalem stood around him, bringing many serious charges against him. Which they could not prove. In reply, Shaul said, I have committed no offense against the Torah, to which the Jews hold, and not against the emperor. But Festus, wanting to do the Judeans a favor, asked Shaul, Would you be willing to go up to Jerusalem and be tried there before me there on the charges? Shaul replied, I'm standing right now in the court of the emperor, and this is where I should be tried. I've done no wrong against the Judeans, as you very well know. If I'm a wrongdoer, if I've done something for which I deserve to die, then I am ready to die. But if theirs is nothing to these charges which they are bringing against me, No one can give me to them just to grant a favor. And so now we go a little bit deeper here. The progress on Shaul's case had ceased for two years while Felix waited, perhaps from a bribe. Remember in Acts chapter 24, 26, he was thinking that possibly he could receive a large sum of money because he was aware of the gifts that would have been given to both the Jews and the Gentiles from up in what is present-day Turkey, that when Rav Shoal came back to the land of Israel, he brought that to be a blessing to those suffering Messianic believers both in Jerusalem and throughout the land, and also his fellow Jewish brothers who still had a veil over their eyes. Now Festus showing himself un- uninterested now in justice. So Shaul now decides to enter his appeal to be tried by the highest authority. This was a right available to Roman citizens since 509 before the common era. Think about that. 509 years before Yeshua was born. This was a right of a Roman citizen to be able to hear his case. It's no different than the times we find ourselves in, do we not? There are many people who are being provoked to falsely accuse believers, both here in America and around the world. So let's go forward here. Yeshua had promised Sha'ul, That one day he would go to Rome. Remember in Acts 23.11. And he himself. Rav Shaul. Wanted to go there himself. Where is that recorded? But in Romans chapter 1. Verses 10 through 15. And this is what it says there. As he was sending this letter. To Rome. Prior to his going there. And this is what he wrote. For God in whom I serve in my spirit by spreading of the good news about his son is my witness that I regularly remember you. In my prayers, this is Romans chapter 1 verses 9 through 15. In my prayers, and I always pray that somehow now or sometime in the future, I may, by God's will, succeed in coming to visit you. See, he had never been to Rome. And he knew about Messianic communities up there, both Jews and Gentiles, one of Messiah. And he longed to go there. And this is what he says in verse number 11. For I long to see you so that I might share with you some spiritual gift that can make you stronger. See that's different with Rob Shul compared to a lot of these people who have ministries today. They want to take from you, but rarely do they want to give. These are false teachers, false apostles, false prophets. But you see, his intent was what to build up every Messianic believer and share gifts with them that he would received from the Ruach, the Spirit, to build them up in their holy fate, faith. See the difference? Going forward here. Verse 11. For I long to see you so that I might share with you some spiritual gift that can make you stronger, or to put in another way so that my being with you, we might, through faith, we share and encourage one another. See, it was a two way street. Blessing upon blessing. We're to give and to receive of one another, to build up one another in your holy faith. That's why it says in Hebrews this do not forsake the assemblies of yourselves together. That's been expanded now, has it not? Now we can communicate on our phones and Zoom and all these other electronics. But I tell you, there are believers that are so separated from one another in these foreign countries, that's the only access they have where they can have intimate fellowship with one another. See, this is God's part of God's provision for us. But is it the best? No, it's secondary. It meets the needs. But how wonderful it is for brothers and sisters of Messiah to meet in person with one another. Praise be unto God. And so Rav Shaul is desiring to go and meet them. Verse 13. Brothers, notice that. He doesn't say my Messianic Jewish brothers. But he says simply brothers. He includes them with the Messianic Gentiles. Brothers, I want you to know that although I've been prevented from, from visiting you until now. I have often planned to do so in order that I might have some fruit among you. See what a preacher, a teacher, a rabbi, a pastor is to do is to stir up the gifts within God's people so that they will be fruitful and they can go forward and share the fruit of the Spirit with others. Let's continue here. So that I might in order that I might have some fruit among you, just as among other nations, Gentiles, I owe a debt both to civilized Greeks. Wait a second. What's he talking about? Let's continue. And uncivilized people, to both the educated and the ignorant. Therefore, I'm eager to proclaim the good news to you Who live in Rome. So Shaul is saying this, I've gained from even non believers. Remember when he spoke at Mars Hill and he took parts of their philosophy to speak to them directly? Because if he would have quoted the Tanakh to them, he would be simply speaking in a foreign language. There was no place where they can meet. A bridge that they were to cross together and meet at the center. They would not understand the dialogue because they had no basis for understanding. So that's why he said, to all people I become like them in that I may win some of them. Does not mean that he profanes Torah. He disord disobeys the lord but there's commonplaces, and so he's acknowledging all of this praise be to god now let's go back to um acts chapter 25 continuing verse number 12 then festus after talking with his advisors answered you have appealed to the emperor you will go to the emperor After some days, King Agrippa and Bernice arrived from Caesarea to pay their respects to Festus. Since they were staying on there for some time, Festus had the opportunity to acquaint the king with Shaul's situation. Remember this, this is coming from someone who doesn't really know Jewish customs or the Torah. So he's giving his opinion from what he can based on what he's lived and what he's seen. So it's not a clear picture. It's a murky picture of what reality truly is. And so now with King Agrippa coming, who's been in the land of Israel for many years, he understands the customs, he understands the Torah, (coughs) And he will make better decisions. So technically, Festus is asking Agrippa to advise him. Because uh, Festus is trying to uh, lay out the case against Rav Shaul from the perspective of the evidence through the filter of his pagan understanding. So as we move forward here, After some days, King Agrippa and Bernice arrived from Caesarea to pay respects to Festus. Since they were staying there for some time, Festus had an opportunity to acquaint the king with Shotwell's situation. He said, these are his words, there is a man here, he said, who was left behind in custody of Felix. Remember Felix? The scripture doesn't give us the details, But for Festus to be appointed to Felix's position, something had to happen. Felix had to fall into disfavor with the emperor, Caesar, in Rome. So as we move forward here, verse 15. When I was in Jerusalem, the head Koinim and the elders of the Judeans informed me about him and asked me to pronounce a judgment against this man. My answer to them was, It is not the custom of the Romans to give up an accused man just to grant a favor. So he's trying to cover his tracks now. Before he has met his accusers face to face. And had an opportunity to defend himself against the charge. And so now as we dig a little bit deeper. Shaul longed to reach Rome himself. And he finally did in bonds. In chains. Where is that found? In Acts 28.16. Which we will later go into. As for Shaul's Uh, complimenting people of the world that he'd gained some wisdom from. Narrowly religious people, whether ultra-fundamental Christians or ultra-Orthodox, in their eagerness not to be contaminated by the worldly ways and secular influences, sometimes forego the gaining knowledge which would enlarge their universe of the experience And their understanding of how things and people work. But Shaul was not like that. As I said earlier, he said, I wanted to be a witness and a testimony to all peoples. I wanted to find common ground with them. So now as we move forward. King Agrippa, Herod Agrippa II, he was the last Herodian king. But he was raised in Rome, and he was made king in the year 50 of the Common Era. Six years after the death of his father, Herod Agrippa I. And where's that recorded in? But in Acts chapter 12, verse 3. His capital was Caesarea Philippi, or modern Banyas at the foot of Mount Hermon, some 40 miles northeast of Caesarea. Northeast of Caesarea where modern Israel, Lebanon, and Syria, all three nations meet. Bernice was Agrippa's sister, so their relationship was incestuous. Felix's wife, Drusilla, Acts 24:24), was a sister of both. As Alan has shared, In the Roman world, to gain authority and power and to raise yourself up in the status quo, you would marry into different families. As Alan stated over and over again, it was simply a political contract to better yourself in your position of power and authority. And when you come from a narcissistic mindset, it's all about you. It's nothing to do with love or compassion. It's simply a contract. If you study the kings and queens of Europe, you can see what, what has taken place. Let's go forward with this. Bernice was later the mistress of two emperors, Vespasian and Titus, and almost became an empress herself. Obviously, she had long since given up whatever vestiges of Jewish religions or morals that she may have had before in her early upbringing. And so, now going forward here, back to verse 17 of Acts 25. And so, when they arrived here with me, here. Festus is speaking about those men, those competent men that came up from Jerusalem. So when they arrived here with me, I did not delay, but took my seat in the court the next day and ordered the man brought in. And when his accuser stood up, instead of charging him with some uh, serious crime, as I expected, they disputed with him. About certain points of their own religion, and particularly about somebody called Yeshua who had died, but who Shaul claimed was alive. Being at a loss of how to investigate such questions, I asked him would he be willing to go to Jerusalem and be tried on these matters there? But since Shaul appealed to be kept in custody and have his case decided by his imperial majesty, I ordered him to be held until I could send him to the emperor. Agrippa said to Festus, I myself have been waiting to hear the man. Tomorrow, he replied, you will hear him. So the next day, Agrippa and Bernice came with much pageantry. They entered the audience room accompanied by military commanders and prominent men of the city. And then at the command of Festus, Shaul was brought in. Festus said, King Agrippa and all of you here with us, do you see this man? The whole Judean leadership, the community, but notice it doesn't mention the Galilean Jews, have complained to me about him both in Jerusalem and here, crying that he shouldn't be allowed to, to remain alive. But I discovered that he had done nothing that deserves the death sentence. Now, when he himself appealed to Caesar, I decided to send him. However, I have nothing specific to write to his majesty about him. This is why I brought him before all of you, and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that after we have examined him, I might have something to write. It seems irrational to me to send a prisoner without also indicating what charges are against him here. And so going here a little deeper, Agrippa and Bernice made an official visit to welcome the new procurator, but stayed on longer than necessary for the purpose. Festus used this time to discuss the perplexing but not pressing issue of Shaul. Now in Acts 25, it says this, Acts 25:19. A very very similar circumstance that took place. Galileo, in similar circumstance, had refused to sit in judgment on the matter of eternal concern among the Jews, and let's turn to that right now. Acts chapter eighteen. Rav Shaul was falsely accused in the past. Here's another. Gentile judge procurator over a certain village that had the power and authority to render judgment but this is what it says what but when Galileo became the Roman governor of Acacia the unbelieving Jews and we have to underline what are unbelieving Jews they're unbelieving that Yeshua is the risen Messiah made a concerned attack on Shaul and took him to court saying this man is trying to to uh, persuade people to worship God in ways that violate the Torah. Shaul was about to open his mouth when Galileo said to the Jews, Listen, you Jews, if this were a case inflicted injury or a serious crime, I could reasonably be expected to hear you out patiently but since it involves questions about words and names and of your own law then you must deal with it yourselves i flatly refuse to judge on such matters and he had had them ejected from the court so you see this one pagan judge had more sense than felix and Festus combined. So, Festus was less wise. Nevertheless, this Gentile's description of the dispute was about certain points of their religion. That's why the reason was for additional evidence that truly proves this, that Messianic Judaism is, truly is part of Judaism. So now going to Back to Acts chapter 24. Festus said to King Agrippa, and all of you here with us, do you see this man? The whole Judean leadership community has complained to me about him, both in Jerusalem and here crying, that he shouldn't be allowed to remain alive. But I discovered that he had done nothing that deserves the death sentence. You know, after he said that, he should have said, now I release him. You Judean leaders, you members of the Sanhedrin, go back to Jerusalem. I find no fault in this guy. You're asking for his death? Well, he doesn't meet the requirements here. But Festus wants to continue to play games because he knows that if he impedes on Shaul, because Shaul was born and in the city of Tarsus, which is presently in the, in, in the nation of Turkey, that he said, and he was a Roman citizen, he had that right to appeal before his majesty Caesar. So as we're going forward here, but I discovered that he had done nothing that deserves death sentence. Now, when he himself appealed to the emperor, I decided to send him. However, I have nothing specific to write to his majesty about him. This is why I brought him before all of you, and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that after we've examined him, I might have something to write. It seems irrational to me to send a prisoner without also indicating what the charges against him are. And so now we've completed Acts chapter 25. It continues in the near future in Acts 26 where Rav Sha'ul proclaims the good news to Festus, the Roman guards, to the members of the Sanhedrin that are falsely accusing Rav Sha'ul because he knows this, this is his time, his opportunity to pro- to proclaim the good news as never before. And that what the Lord is orchestrating in his life because no one can touch a hair on Rav Shaul's head unless the Lord allows it to happen. And think about that. The Lord does not allow anyone to touch a hair on your head unless the Lord allows it. But he will deliver us from any circumstance. We're to bear witness to the truth, even if it costs our very lives and our livelihood. We look to be in the presence of the Lord, giving him all glory and honor and praise. And so, Father, we give you all glory and honor and praise this day. We acknowledge that we walk in your provision. We do not go by sight or by our own thoughts, but we have the Ruach, the promised one, given to us through Yeshua, his own Ruach, that inspired and equipped him, and that he was able to fulfill the Father's desire and passion. His mission on this mission field and so where we are also called to fulfill the calling that God has placed upon us and he will work it out in and through us that we can point people in the direction that to the one way the one truth and the one light who is Messiah Yeshua himself to God be all praise and glory and honor in Yeshua's name Shabbat